Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Okay, today is our final episode of season two. What the heck? Yeah, that that went by so fast. That went by incredibly fast. Um, But we do want to wrap up the season with another Q&A episode. So at the end of season one, we did the same thing. And uh, this time around, we received a number of new questions from our listeners, and we're really excited to discuss them. So let's dive right in. Q&A. Let's go. To see your face. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And Ken's, what are we talking about today? So today we are very excited to dive into our second Q&A episode. Um, again, uh, end of season one, we did do a, a Q&A episode, but another season, more questions. I was going to try and like make that work better, but it didn't work out. It's because it's a very snazzy, very snazzy line. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we do love answering questions from our listeners around the community. So let's get started with the first question. All right. So the first question, I'm like, I don't know. Am I qualified to answer this question? Probably not, but we'll give some general tips and tricks. So the first question is, how do you know if your dog is a healthy weight? Um, So I'd say the first thing you should always do is consult with your vet. Your dog should be getting an annual checkup when they get their vaccines. And at that time, your vet should let you know. So that's always your first go-to. But Ken's, what are some ways we can maybe keep an eye on our dog's weight at home? Yeah, so we actually talk about this a lot um, in our agility class because uh, being active dogs, uh, it's best to have your dog be in shape. Mm -hmm. Um, So at home, um, the big thing that I look for is a a tuck-in. So what I mean by that is if you're looking down on your dog and you see rib cage and you see a little bit of a tuck-in right before the hip bones, that's that's good in most breeds. That's good. That's what we want to see. But again, it totally depends on the breed of dog. Uh, Some dogs aren't built like that, Uh, aka a dachshund. You'd probably not see that even on a healthy fit dog but um big thing is um try to not feed your dog human food i find that dogs that eat table scraps tend to be on the round side um try and monitor what your dog's eating um i know that some dogs are okay free feeding but other dogs are not okay free feeding i.e maybe a lab because labs do not have the mental capacity to say i'm full (laughs) I'm pretty sure if we, no, I'm not pretty sure. I'm a hundred percent sure that if we let Marshall free feed, he would eat half a bag of food in a day and be barfing everywhere because that dog will eat anything all the time, any day. Yep. 
Yep, that's probably the lab in him. And from being a street dog, you never know. Probably a mixture of the two. Yeah. So those are some good tips for, for keeping your dog healthy. I will say with the table scraps, we don't feed table scraps, but Marshall is my little compost. And by little, I mean my large compost. So he eats all of my like vegetable and fruit scraps, which he loves. I'm pretty sure that's acceptable. I was thinking don't feed your dog a bowl of spaghetti. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We don't feed them like breads or cheese or anything like that. It's just like blueberries and watermelon. Those are the healthiest snacks you can ever. I wish my dogs ate snacks like that. Yeah. Saves lots of food waste. It's the best. All right. Ken's, what is question number two? This is a juicy one. Um, Why shouldn't I go to a dog park? Okay. I think we talked about this in the last q and I'd have to go back and look, but I feel like we got a question about dog parks. Maybe about dog park etiquette. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't you go to a dog park? Oh, so many reasons. Um, okay. First reason, they're super unpredictable. Like incredibly unpredictable. You do not know what kind of dogs, what kind of mix of dogs, what kind of owners are going to be present at a dog park. It's like going to a nightclub. That's a really good (laughs) comparison. That is 100% it. I feel like I can't take credit for it. I want to say that they, we talked about, there was an episode of Honest to Dog by the Dog Cross. And um, I feel like, they were talking about dog parks and they referred to them as a nightclub. And I was like, that is the best. <laughs> so can't take credit. <laughs> it's so true because you have dogs who are pushy, who, who will push themselves on other dogs that don't necessarily like that. You have, um, yeah, reserved dogs who, again, are being pushed around by bullies at the dog park. And it's just not a very good overall socialization for your dog. Um, we see this all the time on Facebook groups in um, Kitchener-Waterloo of instances where individuals take their dog to the dog park and either their dog gets attacked or um, the dog gets um, uncomfortable in a situation or, um, or, or, or like somebody brings in a toy and then that's the end of the world. Um, Yeah, I think it really teaches, like when we talk about the socialization piece, I feel like it really teaches your dog that your dog can run up and greet any dog they want anytime they want to. And that is not the way it works. There's no boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And you have no control. Well, unless your dog has like, this is like the thing. If your dog has impeccable recall And you know that in any situation, your dog is going to come right away. If you don't have that, I wouldn't be going to a dog park. I don't know. I also find them incredibly anxiety inducing for myself. Like it's an uncomfortable experience for me. And my dog, I'm sure, like I'm sure Marshall picks up on that. Like I am not embodying any sort of calm energy when I'm in a dog park. I'm like on edge and I'm looking around and it's it's intense and it's not for me. (laughs) And then as soon as another dog enters the dog park, you're like, oh, here comes another dog. I know that feeling. And I hate that feeling. (laughs) The whole dynamic changes. Mm -hmm. You finally get like a good group of dogs and they'll be running around. They'll be having a good time. And then one dog 
can just like throw off the whole balance, not into it. So, you know, if you do go to dog parks, that's totally fine. That's your choice as a dog owner, no shame, no blame. Um, but those are some of the reasons why we don't use dog parks. Maybe we should have a uh, trainer on next, uh, next season just to talk about dog parks. That'd be interesting. Not a bad idea. All right. Question number three. This is a really good one too. What do I do if my dog goes missing or runs away and how to prevent this from happening? Okay. Can I talk about the prevention piece first? Yeah, I'm all over (laughs) that too. You go first. (laughs) So number one is get a martingale. So if you don't know what a martingale collar is, it's typically typically a fabric collar um, that has like a metal chain that basically loops the two ends of the fabric together and it makes it so I'm using my hands and nobody can see but it makes it so the fabric gets tighter around a dog's neck when there's any pressure applied and that's really important because with a regular collar it's just going to slide off their head if they back up and pull out of it with a martingale they can't get out of it. So especially if you've got like a new rescue who maybe is nervous or any new dog, really any dog, um, if they try to get, if they get spooked, they try to get out of their collar, their martingale is going to make sure that they do not key. Yep. If you see sight hounds, um, a lot of sight hounds only wear martingale collars because they do spook easy. Um, They do have long lanky necks and they do slip collars extremely easy. Um, There's a lot of breeders that actually will not give their puppies away or to a new home rather without a martingale collar in hand. Um, that's like in, in a contract that it's a very, um, real thing. And yeah, just to add on to that, definitely when you're in a walk situation, a martingale is key. Also recall training. If mm-hmm. your dog knows its name, that's pretty important. If it happens to see a squirrel and run the opposite direction to you at a full speed, to get that dog to come back, it should know its name. <laughs> yep. um, I'd say the other two key pieces, and it's not preventative, but it'll at least help if and when your dog ever goes missing, make sure they've got tags, phone numbers. Oh, yes. Um, and if you're able, get your dog microchipped. Um, yep. Because then if they ever were to slip out of their collar, if their collar were to break off, they can still be ID'd. And that's key. But if your dog does go missing, I would say the first thing you should do is contact Ground Search and Rescue KW um, because that is what they do. They find animals who have gone missing. Um, And they are on Facebook, correct? Yeah, I've heard such good things about them. I've never had to work with that or call them or anything, but I've heard nothing but good things. Um, And then if your dog's microchipped, if your dog's microchipped and somebody brings your dog do they go to the humane society is that where they scan that they could um also i believe um um a vet any anywhere the dog ends up so whether it's the vet or the humane society they all have microchip scanners and that is obviously connected to your phone number so if uh any party does pick up your dog that has a microchip reader um they will call you so do make sure that your phone number is up to date on those microchips that's uh, really um I found a dog once and the phone number was out of service. Uh, Yeah, it was horrible. Um, Good thing I found the owner, but make sure your um, info is up to date. And lastly, just on that last one, our community here is so great. I was just going to say that. Even if you just post on dogs, uh, dog owners of KW, post on your personal, people share 
share, share that stuff. Like and we tag want. us. Oh yeah. Tag us. Right? We will like, share. Yep. We will share that. And you never know if any of the people that follow us on Instagram or Facebook will see it. I mean, yes, share on social media. And I would say also, if your dog is microchipped, I would call your vet and I would call the Humane Society. So oh, yeah. there's some, those are some big tips if your dog ever goes missing. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but that concludes our first three questions of today's Q&A episode. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back for a couple more questions. back to the dog friendly kw podcast with your host justina mckenzie on midtown radio kw today we are doing a q a episode uh we've already gone through three questions and we have three more so three excellent questions i feel oh no never i was gonna say the first one was a little more serious and this one's a little more lighthearted. but then i saw the last question so never mind i take that back <laughs> so first question um where can I find free or cheap summertime treats for my dog? Oh, that's a good question. And I only know of one place. Okay. What's the one you know of? Starbucks. Cool. They do puppuccinos, right? That is the OG puppuccino. The OG. Starbucks. Um, Nice. And yeah, they're free, right? They're free. I think they're free. Um, mm-hmm. I also know that the Crummy Cookie Dough Co., which is located in Uptown Waterloo, right beside Seven Shores on Regina, they have some sort of pup treat. Yes. I think it's like dog cookie dough. They have a dog, fla- like dog flavored. Wow. Flavor for dogs. Ew. Ew. <laughs> they yeah. have a flavor meant just for dogs. Yes. Uh, and they have a little water bowl outside. And because, so the dogs can't go inside because they obviously make food in there. Um, but they'll bring it out for your dog and they have water. I don't know if it's free. I think it is if you buy, like if you're buying cookie dough. Well, we should go because that yes, sounds we should. like fun. They have vegan cookie dough and it's so good. That sounds very good too. I'm it's, in. There you go. So go to the Crummy Cookie Dough Co. and get your dog a cookie dough treat. And then the other place, so somebody tagged us. And again, I don't know if it was free, but somebody tagged us in like a cute little picture Um of their dog at ice cream too and their dog had like a little ice cream that's in rockwood right no you're thinking of a different one ice cream choose in waterloo oh oh yeah ice cream too oh i know where it is um it's on rivers <laughs> um i believe it's on what river street you were thinking of ed and Rosie ice cream that's who i was thinking ice cream too is on river oh it's in kitchener 
I think so. Wow, this we're really very informative, <laughs> everybody. Let's just do a quick. Oh, it is on River Road. Yeah, I've been there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on River Road in Kitchener, and I think you can get your dog a little ice cream. Unless they're watching their cows, then don't give them ice cream. <laughs> you know. All right. So yeah, those are a few places. That's all I got. Oh, you can always go to spoil the dog. Oh yeah. In St. Jacob's. There's always treats there. So many places have treats these days. Anyways, those are those are our, our summertime treats we recommend. Okay. Question number two. All right. How do I choose a good vet for my dog? Wow, that's a good one. That is a good one. What would be your first recommendation? Choose somebody you like. (laughs) Were you going to say love? I was going to say like, but I just stuttered. (laughs) Choose someone you love. (laughs) I... I went to um, a couple vets and I fell in love with my current vet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of like you're interviewing them almost. Like if you walk in and you don't feel comfortable right away, um, if they don't uh, explain to you what's happening, that's a pet peeve of mine when you walk into a vet and they're like, oh, your pet needs this, 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 and this. And you're kind of just standing there like, what? <laughs> For what? <laughs> um, Yeah, I really respect and appreciate when a vet will take the time to um, explain things, especially um, because um, my husband and I tend to have a lot of questions and they will take the time and we will take up that whole 40 minute or however long um, appointment just to go through, okay, this is why we're doing this and this is what it means and uh, this is what it could lead to, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the main reason that I ended up choosing my vet. Um, my vet also was okay with um, me feeding raw and keeping my dogs intact. Uh, there's a lot of vets that are um, anti both of those things for multiple different reasons, but my vet respects me and enough to, to not question my reasonings for doing what I do with my pets. And that's another reason why I chose um my current vets shout out to Dr. Allison Clark over at Kingsdale and Muck hospital. <laughs> we love Kingsdale. Yeah. So my two things would be, yeah, like feel out the vibe. I'm, I'm with my second vet since living in Kitchener and the vet I was with before they were great, but they always, always, always pushed Royal Canin food. Oh, that's the worst. Which drove me insane because you know what? I get it. If somebody's feeding their dog puppy chow, okay, yeah. Like push Royal Cannon on them and get that dog on a better food. Sorry for anyone who feeds their dog puppy chow. I don't even know if that's a real brand anymore. I'm just... Purina puppy chow is... Just like, right, like really, really, really cheap, low quality food that isn't good for your dog's health. So I feed a very, very high quality kibble um, that I would argue is a higher quality, um, better ingredients than Royal Canin. And my vet just wouldn't stop pushing it. So I stopped going and I got a new vet. And I would say when I was looking, the first thing I did was like reading lots of reviews online. So I would say, take them with a grain of salt. People are very protective of their pets and it's really easy to piss off a pet owner. So people do read lot, leave lots of salty reviews when, you know, the vet didn't really do anything wrong. So 
take it with a grain of salt, but do read reviews. You can usually tell if they're a good place or not. Yeah, that's huge. And one last thing just to add on that, obviously, um, well, I think this is semi-obvious, is customer service. So if uh, the front desk uh, people are rude, then bye. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. They also, oh, you go ahead. uh, They also accept my crazy dogness. Like they know me when I call and they'll be like, well, they obviously have caller ID, but I accept that. They <laughs> but they, they know, know you me. now. They know me. And uh, they're they're always like willing uh, to talk to me on the phone um, or uh, if they can't do something like um, IE, I need to go to the emergency vet and they, they can't take me in right away. Uh, they're always like really patient with me and my craziness on the phone. Um, I shouldn't say craziness with my uh, anxiety ridden-ness on the phone. Um, So helicopter, helicopter dog parent. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, yeah. Customer service is huge too. So not to like, not to like bring down the mood, but like one more like plug for vets. Um, I learned recently that, um, death by suicide is actually very, very common among vets. And there's this big movement um, called Not One More Vet um, because vets go through a lot. They work a lot of hours and they have to, you know, see a lot of animals pass away. And they're often dealing with very distressed and um, anxious and angry and sad and grieving pet parents and what this results in or has resulted in is really an epidemic of vets dying by suicide. So appreciate your vet, be kind to your vet, know that, you know, they're in this business because they love animals and they want to do what's right for your pet. So be kind. And that's my plug. Cause I didn't know that. I only learned that recently. I love that. That's, um, I can really yeah, that's, that's, I had no words actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very sad. Okay. We've got one more question before we wrap up this segment. So Mackenzie, how to support a friend or a loved one who's maybe struggling with their pup? You might know a thing or two about this. I might. <laughs> um, <laughs> so If I say had a friend who had a dog that was going through a uh, learning phase in that dog's life, um, the best thing I would say is to be patient Mm. and to not look down on that person or dog if something happens. Because 99% of the time, it's if a dog reacts negative negatively, wow, to someone um, or something, uh, it's human based, right? So that person is also learning with their dog. So Mm -hmm. all you can do is be patient and know that that puppy or dog or whatever, as long as that human is trying to better that dog, just know that it's a phase. And even if it's not a phase, love that dog for the way it is work around that and just don't give up on the dog that's really or the person yeah I love that be empathetic 
Don't be like blame or shamey or judgmental Mm -hmm. Um, because it's so like parenting. It's so easy to blame and shame and judge when really all we need is for somebody to say like, oh, I've been there and I know how hard the teen stage of puppyhood is and how hard it is when your puppy's peeing everywhere and all that fun stuff. So be kind. It's like the theme of the episode. Be kind. All right. Well, that's a really nice, lighthearted note to leave it on. So we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. It is now time for my favorite segment, Willa or Woncha. Willa or Woncha. Oh, Willa. So here we're going to talk about the Willas or Wonchas, and uh, our producer, uh, Matt Rappolt, is going to be telling us the Willas or Wonchas. Is that right, Matt? That is absolutely right, Kens. So hi, Justine. Hi, Kens. Hi, Matt. Very happy to be back here for the second installment of Willa or Wontcha. And this, uh, and today, I have three Willa or Wontcha scenarios. And you're going to have to tell me, Willa or Wontcha. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Are you ready for this? I'm very excited. I'm so ready. Marshall's here for support. He's I see Marshall. Marshall, you're so large and cute. He is. He can't even see his adorable face. All right. Willa or won't you? Number one. Ken's and Justine. Willa or won't you? Bring your dog to an outdoor music festival or concert. Ooh. Depends on the type of music. It depends. Like, okay. So, like, if I was, like, walking through Victoria Park to, like, enjoy, like, I don't know, one of the sets for, like, Blues Fest, like, something, like, really chill... Like, yes, but I'm not going to bring Marshall to like a rave. (laughs) So like Willa, but like with some conditions. So when I lived downtown Kitchener, um, I did um, walk around Canada Day festivities uh, where they had loud rock type music. Um, Aladar wasn't a fan, but Willa did not care at all. And she was getting all the pets from all of the people who had one too many drinks. So to answer that, I would not willingly do that. But same with Justine. I'm going to say Willa because if it was like a cool, like chill set, I would. If it was an I the Mountain concert. Then we would be there. A hundred percent. We'd be there. Yeah. You know what? I the Mountain, we always are appreciative of all of our fans, whether they have two legs or four legs. So I think that's good. I love love that. that. All right, we're both Willas. All right, Willa or Woncha number two. Willa or Woncha, and this is probably my favorite one. Willa or Woncha, get a sticker of your dog for the back of your car. I would totally, Willa, I would do that. I already have that. Willa. Who's buying me a sticker? Who's doing that? (laughs) 
<laughs> come on. Like I have literally a sticker and it says Willa right on it. And it's Willa. <laughs> literally Willa for you, Ken's on that yeah, one. Literally exactly. Willa. It sounds like a great business opportunity for Dog Friendly KW, actually. Getting uh, some custom vanity dog stickers for the back of people's cars. There you go, Matt. You want to design those for us? You've got a lot of free time this summer, right? I'm not the one who had a design company previously. I mean, I can do a thing or two, but nothing extravagant. I'm thinking about watercolor watercolor dog stickers is all I'm going to say. Ooh, that'd be cute. All right, last one. Willa... Or won't you take your dog along for a European vacation? I'm a won't you. I'm a hundred percent Willa. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. I like dream about that. If I could, I would fly anywhere in the world. I would bring just Willa because uh, just me and Willa would be cool and chill and taking care of one dog is easier than two. Kens, were you just going to say, were you just going to say, I would bring Willa, I wouldn't bring won't ya? No, that would have been really funny <laughs> though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I dream about that. I, I see these beautiful photos on Instagram of the, uh, I've got a friend with an IG in the Netherlands and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to go visit you. And it would be so nice. So Willa, I would 100% do that. Okay, I'm a won't ya because I can't imagine putting my dog underneath in the underneath of the airplane that like I can't even get past that part to even think beyond that I would like the whole like 10 hour flight I would be like my dog is under the plane alone I couldn't do it there's no way I'm a won't you sorry Marshall you're too big but I would take him like I would go like out east with him like any like car trip I would do just no airplanes for Bubby Willa's a carry-on so that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that that makes all the difference, right? Like if you if I, I also wouldn't be comfortable putting any of my cats down under the plane. So I definitely can see the won't you. But also if you have a Willa if you have a dog like Willa, who is a carry-on, <laughs> then for sure I'm a Willa on that too. So if you have a Willa, you're a Willa. Exactly. You know what? This brings us to the end of our Willa or Wonchas for season two. Thanks so much, Justine and Ken's, and uh, you can bring it home now. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. Uh, again, this is our final episode of season two and episode number 25. Whoop, whoop, so we really hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode and past episodes of our second season of Dog Friendly KW podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and MidDownRadio.ca. Uh, we are Dog Friendly KW Podcast on all of those platforms. And also, we would love to hear your thoughts. So please feel free to shoot us a DM on Instagram, and we'd love to chat further on what you think of us. Uh, we won't be offended, we promise. <laughs> only, but only if you say nice things. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we will be taking a summer break and we are very excited to return in September with season three. So we will miss you all in the meantime. Have a great summer with your pups, enjoying patios that you found on the dog friendly KW guide. Wink. <laughs> and nice. And thank you all for listening. Thanks, everybody. Have a great summer. Bye. Bye.
Ken's one last woof for good measure. Woof, 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 woof. Oh yeah, we didn't woof. I know. Woof, woof. <laughs> I woke up restless, watching the time slip away. Salut. Cheers. And the seas are getting rough, and it is getting harder.